Welcome, beautiful souls. I'm your guide, Kato. I am a wild woman, spiritual teacher, and evolutionary astrologer. This is where I share my astrological wisdom, spiritual insights, and embodiment practices so you can live a more fulfilled life. I am here to usher you into your highest self and expand your consciousness. Welcome to As Above, So Below. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited that you're here because today we are going to dive into a very juicy topic. It's like one of my favorite topics, which is conscious communication. And for my listeners, I would love to introduce you. I see you as a beautiful life coach who is also a public figure and a change maker in the personal development space. And astrologically speaking, you have your sun in Aries, your moon in Cancer and your rising Taurus. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add to that description? Ooh. That's a pretty, that's like sweet and simple. I think we'll, we'll explore more of who I am um, as we go, but that's perfect. Thank you. Mm, amazing. So one of the things that you shared is that, um, that you lived in a van in Hawaii and that you went from living on food stamps to earning like six figures in one year. That sounds like quite impressive. Like, can you share a little bit more about that? I'm so curious. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite the adventurous spirit. And so um, I'm 28 years old now. And in my early, my late teens, early 20s, I, I found myself kind of bumping up against the traditional way of living life, at least in the States of this, this traditional path of like, here's what you do, you go to school, you get the degree, you meet the person, you get the job, you do the white picket fence, all the things. And I'm really grateful for the opportunities that I had with schooling, but I was bumping up against like my own inner compass that was like, no, 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 this is not for me right now. And so I resisted that for a little bit. And then at some point, I, I just kind of threw my hands up and was like, I need to make a change. And so I'm, I'm kind of made a complete 180 in my life. I was uh, in school, uh, university at the time. And I dropped out six months away from graduating and getting my degree. And everyone, oh was, my like, God. everyone was like, no, the home stretch, like just get it done. And I'm like, I literally, I can't do this. Like it's eating me alive. And so I sold 90% of my belongings and I got a one-way ticket to Hawaii and I lived on a fruit farm for a little bit. And then I lived in a van, um, and yeah, it's just, that was a very adventurous season for me. I've kind of settled down a little bit more, but it really that those decisions was just coming from what felt alive for me during that time in my life. Mm, so you kind of like just followed that intuitive impulse. Yeah. Wow. And it always worked. Like, sure, there were challenges and obstacles, but I got to perceive those all as lessons and opportunities to grow. And it just, it's felt like whenever I make those choices that are aligned for me, even if my mind doesn't understand, like, how is this going to work? How is this going to make sense? Um, that there's always support from the universe and there's always support for that to work for me versus like denying the intuition. And then it seems like everything blows up. Mm, I love that so much. <laughs> 
I feel like we don't do that enough in society. And like when I look at my life, I followed quite the the opposite way, you know, like the Mm. very traditional path. I've got my master's degree in communication sciences. Like I've studied for five years. Yes. I mean, I'm glad I have it. Like I'm proud of myself because I wanted to prove something to myself and it was also Mm -hmm. an ego desire. I'm, I'm super aware of it, but if I would do it again, absolutely not. And also like what really stood out for me is like, I've studied for so long, but like not in like any course that I followed, there was like that they were talking about conscious communication or nonviolent communication. And I was just mm. like, how is this possible? Like it's 2020 or 20, I don't know what it was, but it was just like, how is it that I learn about the world and about like all these traditional subjects and mathematics and economics and the politics and all of that? It's It's interesting for sure. But I was like, why are we not learning about this in high school or in university and all of that? And the more I study conscious communication, the more I realize, like, fuck, I actually really want to make a change. I really mm. want to, like, spread more awareness around this topic. Do you feel the same? Oh, my gosh, yes. I'm sharing in the excitement with you of, like, that moment or multiple moments, honestly, where it's like, how is this not a thing? How is this not an educational focus in school or even, like, with little ones? Like when we're first learning language, what if we started then? And so 100%, I share the passion with you. And I just have this deep knowing of our world, like humanity, the way we interact with each other would be entirely different if this, if these teachings and this way of relating to ourselves and others was just infused from the very beginning. So I share the passion of bringing, of making this mainstream and making this the new norm. Absolutely. I love that. Um, Maybe let's start with explaining what conscious communication is, because I can imagine a lot of people are like, what is it about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So before I dive in, have you read the book Conscious Language by chance? I haven't read it, but I did uh, read the book of Marshall Rosenberg. Okay. Nonviolent communication. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. So um, hmm, where to begin? So I'm going to reference a few different things. And the first is the conscious language book. So this book blew my mind because in the very beginning, it talks about the, (laughs) it talks about the problematic language that we're using today. Well, first and foremost, we know that our word has power, right? In the whole world of manifestation and attracting what you desire, the things that we say inside of our head and out loud their declarations to the universe, their declarations to God. And that is how we are quite literally co-creating the reality that we live in today. And yet our language system uses a lot of, I can't, I should, or these, these different word choices that are creating a reality in a way that we're not even aware of it's just so normalized at this point. And so when I think of conscious language, it's expanding beyond the normal conditioned way of speaking to each other. And first and foremost, being aware of what words are even coming out of our mouth and what they mean when we really get down to the nitty gritty. So that's kind of like focused on conscious language, the words that we speak. And then when I think of conscious communication, and this is just kind of my own interpretation, I see it as more of consciously interacting with one another. So speaking to each other 
with this state of awareness of, I know that my words matter. I love this person. I care for this person. And I'm here to have an open dialogue, like a conscious dialogue versus I'm just reacting. I don't even know what I'm saying. So that's kind of like a little glimpse into the way that I see it. Mm, I love that so much. Yeah. So let's have a look at the opposite of nonviolent communication, which is violent communication, right? So can we give like a couple of examples of like what violent communication is? Because I feel like a lot of people, when I bring it up, they're like, yeah, I speak like very nonviolent, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, I don't shout like when I get angry, <laughs> I don't get frustrated. I'm like, well, it's actually mm. way more than that. It's, it's not just about your body language and about getting angry and frustrated or calling someone out. It's so much more than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because there's also like passive aggressiveness, right? And that's not you're not saying violent things, but like your energy and the way that you are being is like a sword to another person, right? It's energy. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's the energetic component. And then honestly, I feel like violent communication is so far out of my sphere of awareness that I don't know if I could point to that like in the most direct way. But what I do know is like, I like to think of it as more of unconsciously communicating, mm -hmm. right? So, and through that, sometimes there is conflict or there's violent word choices or like, uh, um, shouting or something like that. But really, I like to think of the opposite of conscious communication is like, I'm not even aware of what I'm saying. I'm just so locked into this conditioned mind mm -hmm. that I, I don't even know. And so some examples that the conscious language books points to of that unconscious place speaking from that is like, I want this. So I want to start my own business, or I want to feel healthier in my body. And when we look at the word want, or I want, it's like we're declaring that we're in this continual state of wanting something and not having something. So we're actually declaring that I lack this thing that I desire, if that makes sense. And so a verbiage hack or like the shift into speaking consciously would be like, oh, okay, if I want something, how would it feel for me to try on the, the word I choose or I claim? I claim a successful business. I claim a healthy body. I choose mm -hmm. this for myself or I am this. Like it's more of this conscious declaration versus, oh, I really want this. I've been trying to I've been trying to start my own business. I've been working on it. It's like when we say that, we're declaring that we're in that state of never getting there, mm -hmm. which then creates this lack, which then creates this suffering versus mm -hmm. like, I claim this, I choose this. Um, and that's more of consciously creating. Mm, I love that. It's by really reframing that conversation that you have with yourself and but also with other people. And it changes the energy behind it completely, right? Yeah. So in order to make that shift, like all the way through and embody that we actually have to expand our awareness to be able to see what I want really means and what that's doing in our life and life in general. We have to be able to step into the observer state, which is more of this awareness, this consciousness and out of the human conditioned mind in order to even shift that word in the way that we speak. Mm -hmm. 
Does that make sense? Oh, it's so powerful. I so love like, it. It's so much bigger than, oh, let me just change what I'm saying. It's like, no, we literally need to expand our consciousness in order to notice what's happening and to choose otherwise. Mm, yeah, I love that. It's so important, especially like building that beautiful relationship with yourself and like about the self-love and all of that. Like the way you speak to yourself is so, so important. Yeah. yeah. So how I see this in relationships, like what I noticed or have noticed in my past relationships with men is when we have a conversation and I start becoming very defensive, then that is usually an indication of like, okay, there's very violent communication. Sometimes it's very subtle, you mm-hmm. know, and I noticed like what to me is very violent is like when someone starts blaming it's like, you did this, you did mm-hmm. that. It's because of you that I'm so fucked up. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're like not taking any responsibility, but also criticizing, mm. you know, it's a huge one, criticizing your partner, sure. And it's sometimes like very unconscious, like you said, um, yeah. but also projecting, you know, and assuming yeah. and comparing and all of that. That to me is very violent or can be very violent. So, how I see nonviolent communication is really like expressing ourselves with clarity, mm-hmm. with compassion, um, taking full radical self-responsibility and mm. just like have so much empathy for ourselves, but also for the other person. Yeah. You know, we're kind of like creating a win-win situation, yes. especially like when you are having a, a tough, difficult conversation that you cannot avoid, like you need to have it. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is like, okay, cool. We know the framework that we want to be compassionate and we want to care for the other person and we want to speak into that. But like in those moments where the trigger hits or there's an activation and we're in reaction mode, how do we shift? Mm-hmm. And so what I like to, well, what, what I see, there's this perspective that I like to share is um, one, making it not about the person. So how do we actually make it not about the person? Well, there's something called parts work where we're able to identify, oh, there's a part of me that's really hurt right now. It's not all of me because I can also notice that maybe there's like a part like my heart hurts or my my throat is closed up, but then there's also my hands that feel totally calm and at ease. And so we can identify, oh, there's a part inside of me that feels or that feels angry, or that feels frustrated. But then can we also expand beyond that and see that's just a part of us. That's not all of us in that moment. Mm -hmm. And whatever somebody else did, or the way that they like the tone of voice that they used with us, that's showing that there's a part of them that feels a certain way. But that's not all of them. So how can we expand beyond the part and hold the part and validate the part that like, that's totally okay that there's a part that feels hurt or like so enraged. Mm -hmm. And how can we notice like those are potentially parts that are very, very young where something happened in our past and it was really traumatizing or challenging. And maybe those parts never got what they needed. And so maybe they never processed. And now something in our present day experience is like poking them and triggering them and like waking them back up. And then we're reacting from that part. Mm -hmm. But if we can begin to see it's literally, it's not, that's not the other person. And that's not you in that moment, like not owning it as the whole, but seeing it as just a little part. 
that allows us to then step into more of this adult state of being or more of Mm -hmm. this expanded awareness and be like, I see you and your pure intentions and like your love and care for me. And hopefully you can see that for me too. And oh my gosh, there's a part of us that are so triggered right now. How can we expand beyond it? And then relate from that more expanded place. Mm, Yes, I really see triggers as invitations for growth. You know, it's like showing you what parts of yourself that need to be like a bit more healing, maybe, you know, uh, to look like a bit deeper. And that this is like where shadow work comes in, right? Mm-hmm. To look at the parts that you haven't healed yet. And that is like yeah. screaming for attention to look at. And it's so interesting. But like right before I came on this podcast with you, I was having a conversation with someone and he was setting a clear boundary with me. Mm-hmm. And I felt so rejected. Oh. <laughs> and like my inner wounded child was like, oh my God, how dare he? And like, yeah. I feel so small right now and I don't feel seen. And But then I just started thinking a bit more. I started breathing. I started like yeah, just focusing on my breath and like what what has been moving through my body, you know, like it takes a bit of awareness and it takes a bit of time to get there. But then mm-hmm. I was like, actually, I really honor you for setting your boundaries. I honor you for honoring your boundaries. Like, thank you so much for giving me that insight of how important it is to set boundaries. You know, mm-hmm. so I completely like shifted that. And that yeah, it, it, it requires a lot of emotional maturity to like sit in that space and to see it from that yeah. point of view. Yeah, well done. Thank you. (laughs) It definitely does take practice. It's like, that might not be a first time attempt sort of thing, but like, okay, let's see how many times I can notice what's happening in my body and breathe through it and then expand beyond that. And I think another key thing here is not judging the parts that are triggered or that feel rejected, Mm -hmm. but loving them, like bringing in this unconditional love and acceptance. Mm. And through that, we're, we're beginning to develop a different relationship with ourself. We begin speaking to ourself and relating to ourself with more love, mm-hmm. with more emotional maturity and awareness where it becomes like, oh, there's a part of me that feels so rejected right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, it's okay. Yeah. Versus like, oh, there's a part that feels so rejected. Like now this is getting in the way. I have a podcast coming up and this is so annoying. Like that's a totally different way of interacting with ourself. And if that's the way we're interacting with ourself, that's probably going to be very similar to how we interact with the world outside of us. Mm -hmm. And so it very much starts within, with the example that you used of noticing like, oh, there's a part that feels rejected. Let me breathe through and like do what I have to do to care for myself. And then if somebody else in your reality feels rejected, you're, you're going to be able to access that same love and compassion for them. Yeah. Therefore communicating and caring like consciously. Mm -hmm. I think this was like one of my biggest insights when I started studying conscious communication, which is like a year ago is like, don't take things personally. It's not about you. It, It really, really isn't. Yeah. And like my first reaction, like I said, it was like so triggered. And I was like, oh, how is this possible? You know, but then, you know, just sitting with it. And this is another insight. Actually, I've got so many insights. Oh, my God. It's just Mm -hmm. also sometimes asking for a time out, you know, to come back to that moment of pure presence of being like with yourself, doing breath work, Mm -hmm. meditating, allowing whatever wants to come true. 
you know, really feeling the response of your body. Like you say, like really meeting it with compassion and love rather than shaming ourselves for it. Yeah. Because that's not helpful at all, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, absolutely. When we look at the four steps of Marshall Rosenberg, mm. um, could we talk about that? Just a tea. Yeah. Maybe we can yeah. also give an example. Let's say that you are in an argument with your boyfriend or with your partner and mm. let's say that he never does the dishes and it just makes you feel so frustrated yeah like you feel not seen in the situation and it just keeps on coming back and again and again every single week how do we tackle the situation so is your are your listeners familiar with nonviolent communication or is this pretty new this is pretty new i would say okay okay cool so the four steps of nonviolent communication are observation, and we'll kind of walk through it step by step. So the first is observation. So you would communicate something like, hey, babe, I noticed or I observed that you did not do the dishes tonight. So with observation, we want to make it a, a concrete fact. So it's not an assumption. It's not like, you never do the dishes. It's not something like that. It's because that becomes blaming. You're immediately pointing fingers, but it's, I'm just noticing and giving a fact. So like an exact time or situation that something happened or did not happen. And there's no fluff that's added. Like you're not making a story and like magnifying the thing. It's just like, okay, what literally happened here? Let me strip away the story and the projection. Okay. My boyfriend did not do the dishes tonight. Okay. So the first is observation. Yeah, I think this is actually the most difficult step because like you said, it's factual. It's like what you see, what you have observed, like not blaming, criticizing and all of that. So that this yeah. is like one of the most difficult ones, I think. Right. So those who are very connected to their emotional body, they much might just be like fully in it. Oh my God, it's overwhelming. The like frustration here is just, ah, I can't even... For those who are less connected with their emotions, it may be easier for them to find this clear thing that happened. But yes, you're right. This is difficult for those who are living in the thought realm and making stories about what things mean or, or like, this never happens. This is never going to happen in the future, like all these different things. But this is such a powerful practice is how can we strip away all of that? How can we maybe first notice that that's what's happening? that I'm literally sitting on the couch for 30 minutes, just thinking about all the times he didn't do this and all the times in the future, he never will. And like, are we going to have to part ways? This is never going to work. And it's like, oh my gosh, let's just notice that that's happening. And once we notice that that's happening, then we can pause in the moment and be like, whoa, let me come back to the fact, the observation. So that's step one. And the next is how did that make you feel when that happened? So, hey, babe, I noticed that you didn't do the dishes tonight. And when you didn't do the dishes, I felt blank. So I felt so frustrated and like just totally be real with how, how it made you feel and how much that has impacted. And here's a really important part is we're not blaming the person. We're not saying your thing is like what made me feel this way. It's more so this fact happened, this situation happened, and then this feeling arose within me. 
So this is like a huge shift from, I think the way most people communicate, it's like, you did this thing and it made me feel this way and you're to blame and I'm the victim. And that's immediately creating disconnect. Mm -hmm. So the, the whole overarching thing here with nonviolent communication, conscious communication is like being able to see each other on the same team. Yeah. We want connection. We want connection. We all want connection. Yeah. yeah we don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I observed that this happened. When this happened, I felt frustrated or whatever it is. And then we connect with our needs. Okay. So what need was not met when the dishes were not done by your partner? Maybe it was a need for reciprocity or for respect or for contribution contribution yeah exactly so then we connect with our needs and there's these beautiful charts on the website for nonviolent communication um feelings inventory and needs inventory and it just has a long list of different feelings feelings that you feel if you're satisfied and fulfilled feelings that you feel if you're unsatisfied and unfulfilled and then a bunch of different needs. So if you're if you have a feeling that's unsatisfied or unfulfilled such as frustration, then that points you to the needs inventory where then you can look at this list and be like what am I feeling what is my need right now? And so then we connect with that. And for those who have grown up with a conditioning of my needs don't matter, I'm just here to please other like the people pleaser archetype or you should just be grateful for what you have, like you, you shouldn't have any other needs, it's gonna be a learning curve. This is what it was for me. I was like, what, I have needs? Like it's okay for me to have a need for comfort. It's okay for me to have a need for uh, literally anything. And so this gets to be another learning. So then we connect with our need. So then we'll kind of start from the top. I observe that you didn't do the dishes tonight. And when this happened, I felt frustrated. And I noticed that through this, I have a need for contribution. And then the last step, the fourth step is a request. So there's two different types of requests. There's a connection-based request, which is essentially you're not asking them to do anything different or change their behavior. You're just, you're requesting that they hear you and that they see you and that they understand you. So that would look something like, I just wanted to share this with you and wanted to see if you understand where I'm coming from. Like, it, can you feel me in this? And so that's a connection-based request. And then an action-based request is like, you want them to do those dishes. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be something like, so with this, my request is that we create a dishes schedule and that we alternate every other day. And I'm, I'm asking, I'm wondering, I'm curious, are you on board for this? So you're kind of, you're getting consent. You're asking them to opt in mm -hmm. and fulfill your request. So that's kind of like the whole rundown with the example. I love it. Yes. And when it comes down to the request, um, yeah, it's really beautiful. I, I really think it's important that you focus on asking what you do want, right? Not on the opposite. It also has yes. to be concrete. It needs to be formulated in the present moment, I would say. And the other person has the option to say yes or no, because it's a request. It's not a demand, right? Yes. <laughs> and then you can exactly like you said, also finish it off with like, are you willing to do this? Like, how does this land with you? 
you know, like there's this big piece of checking in with one another. And this is huge for me. Like I didn't do this in the past at all. I was just like dumping my things on someone else and then just like expecting that it would be sorted. It would be fine. Yeah. But that's yeah. not the case, right? We need to check in with the other person to see like, how does this land with you? You know, does this resonate? Like what comes up for you when you hear me saying all of this? Like I'm very curious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that you just said that, that in the past that, and here's some conscious language right here, we're, we're consciously choosing to say in the past, you noticed this pattern within yourself, instead of saying, declaring it as something that you still are navigating, right? So yeah. instead of being like, I just dump my stuff on everybody, it's like, no, in the past, I noticed that I did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you just mentioned that, because in the past, I noticed that I was overly uh, what do, what do I say here? Like I was overly caring and tuned in to other people and how it landed with them, how it resonated with them, what their needs were, what their preferences were, but very disconnected from my own needs, my own preferences. And so for me in this four-step process, my edge was connecting to how something actually makes me feel and what my need is. Mm-hmm. Whereas for you, the the consent and the checking in and the attunement to the other person seems like that was your edge of growth and learning. Absolutely. And so much more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so much more. I think like when it comes to the attunement and like maybe kind of step five or just to add on to the nonviolent communication framework is, is it's not just this framework. Like this becomes the way that we speak and relate to each other where it's like, I'm sharing my vulnerability. I'm sharing the truth instead of harboring it inside. And I'm inviting you to do the same. Like, this isn't just a one way, like I use the framework and you say yes or no, but like, okay, what happens if they say no to your request? And they're like, I literally don't want to do the dishes. Like, absolutely not. That's your role. Or like something that's just like, oh my God, like what? I used the framework and it didn't work what happens there? Well, we invite the other person to share as openly as they can, what's their experience? What, what are their feelings? What do they notice? What are their needs? What are their preferences? Mm-hmm. But the fact that they say no to your request, it could be also that there's a need not being fulfilled for them, right? So that's where the curiosity yeah. comes in and be like, oh, wow, I'm not taking it personally. I honor your no, but I'm very curious. Like, why is it that you say no? Mm-hmm. you know and this is how you kind of like start creating a win-win situation yeah uh, or at least try. And, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Is there. yeah some other elements of this and this is kind of where I add on to that framework or adjust it a bit is the importance of safety and presence mm-hmm. so if somebody's activated they likely do not feel safe and relaxed and present in their body. And what helps us feel that way is the other person creating an environment that's safe and relaxed and present. And so this kind of becomes the responsibility of whoever's less triggered. (laughs) If we can notice like, ooh, somebody is like coming to me and they're coming in hot with all this stuff. And how can I sink into my body and feel the ground beneath me? And notice that we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. And how can I make eye contact and really like breathe and have a relaxed nervous system 
instead of both people being like up in fight or flight or fight, fight, flight, freeze. And how can we stabilize? So this becomes like an individual practice on our own. We have to be able to self-regulate. Mm-hmm. And then also in relationship, how can we regulate each other instead of both getting charged up? And that just becomes a practice as well, which is mm-hmm. helpful to have the people closest to us on board with so that we can really travel this path together. Mm-hmm. It becomes a little tricky when like we're the only person that we know who's trying to implement these things mm-hmm. and everyone else is communicating and interacting differently. It is. It's very yeah. challenging. I've noticed as well, like in yeah. my previous relationships, when I discovered this whole new framework, I was just like so excited, like let's implement all of it. And I was there like in that conversation where we were both like kind of triggered. And then I was like, okay, let's just implement what I've learned. I really want to find connection with you again, but it really takes two to tango. It really, really does. And yeah. I also noticed that the quality of your relationships really depends on the quality of your communication. Mm. and how well you or like how good you are with regulating your nervous system yeah yeah and I think that comes back to like it comes back to parts work how can we notice like oh there's a part that's really really sad right now and that's not all of me so how can I connect to the ground beneath me and the space around me that fills the room that I'm in and how can I feel the divine support and stillness and love in this moment, Mm -hmm. which helps us expand beyond the like human conditioning and the stuckness and the suppression and all of the things and the activation. But how can we really make this a regular practice of essentially it's like it's meditation and it's connecting to spirit and the actuality that we are that so how can we connect to the part of us that is awake and aware and accepting and loving for the parts in ourself and then for everything that happens in the outside world so like when we're driving on the road and somebody swerves or like honks at us it's more of a whoa I noticed that just happened whoa I noticed there's a little activation in my chest Ooh, that was really scary And so it's like we become, we're able to hold more space. We're able to hold more experiences than instead of just reacting to them. And so it starts rippling out into all areas of our life where we're less reactionary and we're more noticing, observing, and able to hold more. And that all starts with ourself. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, beautifully said. I love it. Yeah, another thing that comes up for me is mirroring. Yes. Yeah. So to give you an example, I so I struggle with setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. I'm a Pisces rising, so it comes up quite a lot, especially this past month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like I'm, I don't know my own boundaries, and sometimes I don't know someone else's boundaries or people just cross my boundaries. It's just it's it's really <clears throat> difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed with someone with who I set a boundary, he just like kept on trying to cross mm-hmm. that boundary. So yeah. I asked him like, "What did you hear me just say?" Like, can you please repeat what I've just shared with you? Because I don't think I've made myself clear. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I did. So we are on the same page. Yeah. 
Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult. It's very challenging. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But then at least you know, you can see if they have truly understood what you said. And then that moment you feel seen, you feel hurt, you feel validated. And yeah. that creates connection. Yeah. Beautiful. And I, I love that you asked that, like such a good check-in check -in point because another element here is like slowing down. When we're just like sped up on adrenaline and like we're so busy, we're just like, again, in that conditioned state of like, go, go, go. I'm not even aware of what's happening. Sometimes we don't hear. We don't really hear and feel and like understand what somebody says. And so what you were asking in that moment is like, let's pause, let's slow down did you receive this message? And if not, can you be slow and present and here? And I will say it again so that it can get through so that we can understand each other so that we can have more harmony and agreement in our connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even like, as I said that I'm slowing down, it's very different than a reactionary mode. What comes up for you when I say mirroring? Do you have any examples? Yeah, mirroring for me is like, um, let's say like I, let's say I'm sitting right now. So we're on, we're on the video together. And so let's say I'm sitting right now with a knee up and then I have my arm rested on my knee. And then, yep, exactly. So then I, I have my hand or my head rested on my hand. And so now in this moment, we have the same body language. So Kato just moved her arm. Maybe it's resting on a desk or maybe it's your knee, but like we're, we're looking the same. It's like we're looking in the mirror. And so what this does is sometimes we do this unconsciously, but we can also do this consciously. Hmm. And it, it helps create this connection of like, I'm here with you. Um, another, like a more personal example of how this shows up for me is um, well, first off, I highly recommend the books, Conscious Language and the Five Personality Patterns. So Conscious Language is all about these word choices and what we're actually saying and what it means. And then the Five Personality Patterns is like human conditioning. And there's five different patterns that people have like a primary pattern that they operate in. And this helps us better understand like the people who we communicate with often, what does it look like when they're in their pattern and how can I help them get out of their pattern? So basically, what does it look like when they're triggered and how can I help them come back to safety and presence and awareness? And so uh, from this book, I have a lot of the leaving pattern. So there's, there's shadows and there's gifts of each pattern. And so the shadow of leaving pattern is more like dissociation. Like I'm, mm. I'm kind of out of my body, like out in the realms, like not really here. Um, the gift is like very in tune with the energetic field. And so for me, sometimes when I'm relating with my partner, he'll catch me in the leaving pattern where he'll kind of see my eyes go into like the distant field and like I'm not making eye contact and it's kind of like am I really there right now like I'm, I'm not fully in my body in that moment and so an example of mirroring that's like so gentle in that moment 
is he'll kind of just like follow where my eyes are going with his head. So like if I'm looking off to the right, he'll kind of like move his head so that he's in my sphere of awareness. Like all of a sudden I'm seeing him and he just has like a really gentle look of like, hey, where are you? Where'd you go? Like, hey, I'm still here. And that's kind of what he's saying and doing with his body language. And so that's that's kind of mirroring in a sense. And then I'm like, oh, oh, you're here with me. Okay. And then I come back into that moment naturally. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so much. Wow, this is actually very, very interesting. I cannot wait to dive more deeply into this topic. But it kind yeah. of reminds me of the fight, flight, freeze stress responses. Is it connected uh -huh. to that? Yeah, so essentially like in the early stages of development, um, like zero to seven years old, there are different woundings that will happen. So like the leaving pattern is when the soul is coming into the body, into the human material world, and it feels scared. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, this is like, I'm in a hospital bed or I'm in my mom's belly and she's really anxious. And so there's some level of terror and fear when the soul is coming into the body where like it doesn't fully choose to come in because something scared it. And it's like, I'm going to stay up here in the realms a little bit in the spirit world. And part of me, part of my being is going to come into this body. And so that's like the first wounding, which is the leaving pattern. I won't go through all of them, but the next one is the merging pattern. And so that's when, um, that's when we're taking in nourishment and our mom is breastfeeding. And if there's any tr trouble there, like I know there's a lot of women who like, there's just things that happen with breastfeeding where like the baby has trouble taking in the nourishment and getting everything that it needs and then stopping when it's full. And so there becomes a wound there of, I don't trust that I can get my needs met. Maybe like I was hungry and my mom took longer than I needed to come and feed me. And so then there becomes a wound of like, I can't get my needs met by others. Like I'm all alone. I need help. And so then that shows up in every area of life. And it becomes this like personality structure survival pattern that we operate in for the rest of our life, unless we know what each other's patterns and tendencies are. And we can use these specific tools to help essentially heal the earliest wounding mm -hmm. and then access more of the gifts and our divine nature. Mm, I love this. It's kind of like shadow work. And I feel like mm -hmm. awareness and acceptance is already like 80% of the work, you know, then the third part is integration. Yeah. Just like awareness, being aware of your patterns and your triggers and all of that. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a so lot big. of, yeah, it takes a lot of like self-reflection and working with a coach or with a, with a therapist um, yeah, yeah. to become really more aware of your triggers and patterns. Yeah. It's such beautiful, profound work, but yeah. also intense. <laughs> yeah. It can be intense. And it's like, how can we find those other people in the world? Like when the way that you and I started this call is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this conscious communication is not taught. Like, how did we not learn this? And so how can we find these other people in the world who are also curious and feel called to learn more about this and implement it? And how can we become like little buddies for each other to help start integrating these things mm -hmm. and healing the shadows inside this safe container, even if it's virtually, like a lot can happen with somebody who you feel resonance with and you both are on the same team. Mm -hmm. And then once it's like embodied and integrated to a certain level, then it just becomes who we are and we can start interacting with others who maybe aren't necessarily doing the work with more ease. Mm. 
100%. Yes. I also shared this with you before our podcast. Um, I've learned so much from this framework of conscious communication and it's so mind-blowing and life-changing. It really is. But I still find myself in situations where I'm triggered as fuck, especially like when it comes to spending time with my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all of a sudden, all my triggers come up. Like even though yeah. I thought like, oh, I've done a lot of work on myself. Like I'm healed now. <laughs> yeah. That's a joke. That's a lie. You're never truly healed. Yeah. Um, so like when I speak with my dad, for example, and I feel so triggered, this is when the actual work comes in. You know, this is the real <laughs> the you real know. deal. Yeah, then, then you know that you're you have embodied what you have learned. So yeah, 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 yeah. And and with that one last thing, um, in those moments when it's like, oh, I'm really in it, our number one practice is just noticing that that's happening mm-hmm. from a place of love and curiosity. Yeah. So like, whoa, oh my god, I'm I'm so activated right now. Mm-hmm. I like to use the word activated instead of triggered I don't know it just resonates better but like I love that yeah whoa like something's activated inside me right now Ooh, that's a lot instead of like not not even noticing you're just in the activation and so that becomes the number one practice so we just notice 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 and that in itself sh- makes a shift mm-hmm. like a big shift and that kind of calms us to a certain level. Because again, we're accessing the, the divine nature where it's like we're looking at ourselves through the lens of God or source or the universe mm-hmm. of like, whoa, this is happening right now. Do you see this little human down on earth? She's activated. Oh my gosh, we love her so much. Aw, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then that changes the way that we show up and communicate with dad or whoever else is like related to the activation. Mm-hmm. Mm, such a beautiful insight oh I love this conversation so much Elise I would love to ask you a more personal question what inspires you the most right now Ooh, I love this question so a lot has shifted for me recently in my life and the work that I do in the world and um, I've been sharing my own personal journey um, and working as a coach for the past seven years And recently there's been a shift for me in what feels to be my purpose is that it's, it's less what I've been doing and it's more in focused in conscious parenting. So how can we start like all the things that you and I talked about today? How can we start this from day one? How can adults be practicing like before we have children How can we be practicing this work and embodying this work so that when we bring little ones onto earth, into this planet, it's just natural. And they're learning through what's modeled by our behavior and our way of being. And then yes, we can teach them the skills and tools, but like they're really in those early years, they're learning from what we are doing and who we are and how we Mm -hmm. feel to them. So Um, I'm creating a podcast where I'm not teaching, but I'm the curious interviewer, uh, interviewing lots of other experts in the world, um, in the realm of parenting and healing trauma and reparenting ourselves and then um, conscious parenting modalities and methods. And this is just my biggest passion because I intend to bring children 
in, in the next few years. And I'm just so curious, like, how can I best prepare myself and how can I really pay like me myself? And then also anyone who's interested, how can we pave the way to a completely new reality? And I believe this is fully possible. So that's what I'm most passionate about. Yeah, it really is. I love it. Yeah. Leading by example. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Expanding consciousness. Yeah. So when is your podcast going to be released? Um, it's going to be, I think, towards the end of the summer. So right now we're we're starting to record episodes with guests. I have a co-host who is a father himself. And so it's really cool. He gets to connect with those who are already parents. I get to connect with those who plan to be. Um, uh, and yeah, we're going to backlog a few episodes and then get it up in the next few months. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. So, Elise, like, how can people find you or connect with you on social media? Because I know that you left Instagram like a little while yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was part of the big, big shifts that have been happening. Um, I honestly, the number one place to find me right now is my website. So it's my first and last name, EliseParker.com. Um, I'm, I'm kind of pulling back from social media right now. I'm fully off Instagram. I've been off for the last four months or so. Um, I might be doing, yeah. yeah, for you? Oh my gosh. It's so, so resonant and so important for me. Like, I feel like I'm living more deeply. Like I'm so much more present with what is here in this moment versus like a part of me here is here and a part of me is swept up into this digital reality. Uh, it's been really, really healing and powerful for me. So no plan on going back anytime soon. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, actually like I'm taking a break from social media. I've been doing this for two weeks now and Yay. I resonate with what you just shared. I feel it as well. Like I'm way more present. I'm way more clear about like what it is that I want to manifest. And I have so much more spare time. So like, much. Yeah. To like learn, to listen to podcasts, to educate myself, to meditate, to do yoga, to just really be my own best friend. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm celebrating you. That's awesome. I'm glad that you're taking a little break and just connecting more with yourself and yeah. life yeah yeah there is a part of me that thinks like oh I need to be on Instagram because obviously like 90% of my clients come through my Instagram mm -hmm. so there's like this fear that I feel coming up like oh but what if I leave Instagram officially like how yeah. is that going to turn out for my business and how yeah. are gonna like how are clients going to find me yeah yeah, I know. Um, I totally get that. And I, I felt that too. Um, for me, like it ended up just being a really huge recalibration of like, I'm actually okay, putting that chapter of my life to rest. And I'm host, I'm still hosting a retreat in the next few months, um, actually this fall. Um, but other than that, like if anyone reaches out to me through email, through my website, um, and they are looking to work together for coaching, I'll be like, hell yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Um, but my marketing has kind of turned off for the moment and, um, focusing on the retreat that lights me up and then conscious parenting. And yeah, there has been like little bursts of like, Ooh, this is scary. Like what's going to happen. Am I doing the wrong thing? Am I throwing it all away? But then there's just this deeper knowing of like, I'm in a transition and I've got to honor that. And so that may be the same for you, or maybe it's just like 
getting curious of what other options are there? Like what other ways can I find clients? Can I start going on so many more podcasts and sharing the content that I love to coach on? Can I start going into Facebook lives? Like what are like, there's gotta be another way. That's where like something flips on in my mind. And I'm like, there's gotta be another way. Like I, you know, let's get creative. Let's get creative. Yeah. No, absolutely. But you're still on YouTube, I think. Yeah, I I am. I'm not sure when the next time I'm going to upload is. I, okay. I might be leaving that too, or I might stay. I'm kind of just taking it day by day and being really discerning with like, where am I creating from? Like, does this feel aligned or do am I doing this because I feel like I have to? And I'm just trying to break down, not trying to. I, I am breaking down all all of those structures that just aren't working. Like I'm here to create from a place of excitement and love and alignment. And so I'm just slowing down and noticing like, when is it that, when is it not? And then adjusting accordingly. Mm, Beautiful. Mm, It's definitely food for thought for me. It's a phase that I'm going through at the moment as well. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that and everything that you shared today with us about conscious communication. It was such a pleasure to sit in this space with you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to share. I feel like you and I could talk about this for hours and hours or days. Um, so I'm glad this is this is what we dove into today. And maybe we could come back for part two in a few months after everyone has integrated what we dove that. into today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's thank so you. much more to unpack. So I'm definitely keen for that. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Thank you again. This has been beautiful. And I appreciate you. And I hope everyone who's listening has received a golden nugget from this Mm, it's conversations like these that make my heart so full of love thank you so much for tuning in today i really enjoyed having you and i hope this episode inspired you and expanded your consciousness and your heart if you want to connect more deeply you can come join me on instagram at katcaitlin I would highly appreciate it if you rate and leave a review on the podcast. I would be most grateful. And as a little gift in return, I'll send you a mini reading regarding your purpose. All you have to do is slide into my DMs on Instagram and send me a screenshot of your review plus your birth date and email address. Let's raise a vibration together because when I rise, you rise and we rise together. I cannot wait to see you again in the next episodes. Until then, keep spreading your light and I'll see you soon.